are now listening to Wisdom from North podcast with me, Jannike Einias. Here I will explore topics such as metaphysics, spirituality, personal growth, and in general, how we can create good lives for ourselves. My intention is to find some answers, but perhaps more importantly, finding new questions to ask, because there is always something new to discover in this wonderful universe that we live in. In Wisdom from North, we're passionate about helping you take your spiritual growth to that next level. That's why we are collaborating with some amazing spiritual teachers and partners who offer free webinars and classes. Go to wisdomfromnorth.com forward slash free. Disclaimer. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast belong to the guests and do not necessarily represent the views or positions of Wisdom from North or any entities they may represent. Now, please enjoy the episode. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Okay, I have two new obsessions that I need to share with you. Impress No Glue Press-On Manny's and Impress Press-On Falsies Lashes. Trust me, these are getting ready game changers. Both require no glue, so there is no damage to your natural nails and lashes, no mess, and no annoying dry times. Just one step and you're done. Boom. Instant glam. Visit impressbeauty.com slash presson and use code presson25 at checkout for 25% off Impress Manicure and Press-On Falsies. Hello, Stephen. A warm welcome to the show. Well, it's my pleasure and honor to be here. I appreciate you having me on. Yeah, I know you have quite a profound mystical experience that really changed your life. You're also an author uh, of the book, uh, The Place Between Here and There. And you say that you went from uh, a non-spiritual biker to a spiritual guide. And I'm always curious about the transformation that my guests are having and how we can really change our lives completely, change the way we see life and death by having a mystical experience. And I, I'm curious to hear your story today. And I just had an experience of uh, a friend uh, and a colleague that had breast cancer and just was my age and died just like that wow. very quickly. And even though, you know, I know all these things and I believe in the afterlife, you, you start to ask questions like, why? You know, why did that need to happen? You know, a, a girl that's 43 years old and she's just gone. And I find these stories so helpful and so soothing. And I'd love to go into, you know, your perspectives on these matters uh, after you shared your story. But before you do, can you share a little bit about uh, how you, you were like before you had this mystical experience? Like what were your spiritual beliefs or religious beliefs, if you had any at all? 
Well, I would say that I was an agnostic. I uh, I was uh, raised in a small town, and everyone was Catholic, and uh, and so the church was the center of town, and so uh, so I was pretty much a Christmas and Easter Catholic. Um, you know, I try. I was always tried to be a good person. It's an ideal that I lived up to. I was a computer person. I was, you know, into technology even to this day. Uh, but uh, but I was an outlaw biker. I loved Harley Davidson. I loved rock and roll and beer and hot wings and pretty girls. <laughs> you know, it's just it's just my my life. I had a wonderful group of friends. I live here in the United States. I traveled all over the country on my Harley Davidson. I met all types of people. I was driving since a very young child. I uh, had my first motorcycle when I was about 10 years old. And so, uh, and so I was really into it. That was my life, uh, a big part of my life, I would say. I, I consider myself a pleasure maximizing unit. <laughs> yeah. I like having a good time. And, uh, and I look back at those times with, with just, uh, I can't help but smile. And, uh, but that's not me anymore. After having this beautiful, beautiful experience, even though I was gravely injured in this accident, and I still struggle with many of the injuries that I experienced then, is that it's the best thing by far that ever happened to me. I couldn't imagine my life without it without that. In fact, if the Stevie Webber from 10 years ago met Stevie Webber today, he'd beat the crap out of him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it seems like these mystical experiences are really changing people. And I would love for you to share what happened, what kind of accident it was, and what sort of experience you had. Oh, it'd be my pleasure. I, um, I, at the time, I lived in New York on Long Island. It's a, it's a, uh, it's kind of like a peninsula outside of New York. It's uh, where a lot of people who work in New York uh, uh, live, and uh, New York City. And uh, I was going out east to uh, the Hamptons. It's like the hot spots for all the movie stars and stuff. But I don't go out there for that. Is that there was this uh, ribs place, a barbecue ribs place? You could drive by it. And never notice it, but uh, being a native Long Islander, I, I knew about it. So I would go out there on Sunday afternoons after I took care of all the house stuff and had some time. And I'd get some ribs and I would uh, drive back. It's about an hour and a half drive. It's nice on a Harley, especially on a spring day. You know, it, it really was was a lot of fun. But I would kind of do it solo. It was kind of like a, I didn't understand it then, but it's kind of like a meditation. You know, I just get into my ride and I... Look at the scenery, and uh, and this day was like any other day. And uh, I was on my way back from the rib place, and uh, traffic was backed up for miles. There must have been an accident or something going on. And uh, what was happening is people were were going on the shoulder, the side of the road, and making a right hand turn at the nearest uh, ability to get out of this traffic. And after waiting there for some time, I mean, Harley Davidsons are really hot motorcycles if they're not moving. They don't have any uh, cooling. They're just cool by air and you're sitting on top of that. So it was really, it got really tough and the bike is very heavy. And so, um, yeah, I decided to ride on the shoulder and make that right-hand turn. And right when I got to the intersection for the right-hand turn, someone had opened up a little space and, um, and a truck coming in the opposite direction, made a left-hand turn, and T-boned me, crashed right into the side of me. And um, yeah, the lights went out for me. Uh, I didn't know what had happened. 
Next thing I knew, I was laying on the cement on the ground, and I see a lot of time must have passed by because uh, I, I saw there were all these emergency vehicles around, and uh, and I wanted to get up. You know, riding bikes, riding motorcycles. It's like we have a saying: if you if you go down, get up, or you're going to stay down. I know it doesn't make sense, but in the circles which I traveled, that was our mantra. And uh, when I tried to get up, ah, I just felt incredible pain. My leg wasn't connected anymore. It was like just, it was a compound fracture in my leg. My whole side was just, I, I just passed out. And then the next thing as I knew, I was flying through the clouds. I was going higher and higher and higher through the clouds. And just when I thought, you know, I thought that was it. Um, I started coming out of the clouds. And then I looked on the ground. I was outside the helicopter. It was actually a helicopter. And, uh, and I was looking down and I saw a big H with a circle in it. And I realized that I was being uh, airlifted to Stony Brook Hospital. I knew Stony Brook Hospital. I'm a graduate of the university there. My mom's a graduate of the university there. My daughter's a graduate of the university there. It is a teaching hospital, one of the most premier trauma centers in the world. It really is. They've done tremendous research. Uh, they actually invented the sonogram for uh, you know what, what my understanding is. And, um, and wow. And when they pulled me off that helicopter, that was the last thing I remember being on this earth for what seemed like an eternity. I was gravely injured. Um, I was in any other place, I would have died. Um, I had internal injuries, fractured vertebrae. My, my leg was all smashed up. Uh, it was pretty serious. And uh, I had several emergency surgeries and, mm, and I was in my hospital bed to the rest of the world for about a month. I was in a coma. And, uh, and, but in myself, I wasn't in a hospital bed. I was in another place, a place I call the place between here and there. And that's actually what I named the book afterwards is that, um, is that at first I didn't know I was any place else. I really didn't. Is that I thought that I was in work. It was very odd because that some things were so, so familiar, but other things were odd. And I don't know why it didn't occur to me that, um, that I was anyplace else. I just kind of like went with the flow. And one of the first things is I learned, I learned about time. And time in that place was very different than it is here. You know, here you have time, like plants grow and, and uh, you have appointments in the future. Uh, the sun rises and sets. It just wasn't like that there. It was, um, it was the only way you noticed time was through your personal growth is that you could see the path that you've traveled in this place and how you came to your current state of mind. And that gave you a sense of time. So that was one of the first things that I were aware of. The next thing is, for a long time, as I called it, um, you know, the universe according to Steve, because I made fun of this experience. You know, I, I, I didn't think it was real for the longest time. And, uh, and what I was experiencing is I felt like I was sharing my experience with the, all that is. And I was receiving certain information, certain knowledge that I later found was able to help me with what I was going to be experiencing. 
Because like I said, prior to this is that I was a zero on the spirituality scale. And that's probably why I didn't notice, you know, it didn't occur to me that anything was going on. But what I began to learn, the very first lesson was how to sense spirit in everybody and everything. Really, truly, everything has a spirit. And, um, and this was an eye-opening experience for me because it's not like someone sat me down at a table and opened up the book and this is spiritual 101, chapter one, Steve, start learning here. It wasn't like that. The way I was taught to see and sense spirit in everybody and everything was that I was in a work-like setting. And I was dealing with somebody who I had worked with 20 years ago. I only worked with them for a short time, perhaps a year. They were just another person in my life. But, but I saw them, and I was working with them, and I recognized them. And I said, hey, aren't you so-and-so? And he would smile, and he would say, yeah, yeah, that's right. I haven't seen you in a long time, and that was fine. But I noticed that he hadn't aged in 20 years. And that seemed very odd. And then next thing as I knew is I was working with him again, but he was like an old man. He was like 80 years old. And at first I didn't recognize him, but like he had a lot of mannerisms. He was from Haiti and he just, I don't know, he didn't speak English well. He spent, he spoke like French and a sort of a Creole language. So he had to like act out a lot of his words. And, and all of a sudden I would see a mannerism and I will say, hey, aren't you so-and-so? And he would say, oh, you got me again. And then he started to appear to me in all different nationalities, all different ethnicities, all different genders. You know, sometimes he would be a lady. Other times he'd be an infant, you know. But as time went on, as I got better at sensing who he is. And after a period of time, as I didn't even have to look at him, I could just sense the energy I could sense when he was around me. And what I began to understand is that, is that there are parts of you that change, but there is a satnam, an infinite spirit that, that is an energy. I think a lot of people call that an aura in these days. You know, it's, you know, to me, it wasn't something that was visible like a light. It was more like just an energy. And once I could sense this energy, I could sense the energy in everything around me. Everything had, a, had an energy. It was just... All of a sudden, it was like an eye-open experience. I felt energy in the plants. I felt energy in the universe, in the stars, in the animals. And there was a, there was a uniqueness about each energy, but there was a tremendous commonness about each energy. And I'm not here to preach to anybody. I just want to share my experience the way it is. But uh, what I began to understand in my own world, in the universe according to Steve, is that, is that we're all connected. We're all part of the same spirit, the same energy. Whether you believe in let there be light or the big bang, that they really explain the same thing. We're all stardust and we're all spirit and we're all connected. And what I believe is that all of us together, all of our consciousness make up the consciousness of the creator. I truly believe that the creation and the creator are one. And we're here to have experiences and learn. And as we learn, our collective consciousness grows as well as the creator. At least this is what I believe. And this is what I take away from that experience. And uh, that was my first real experience in the place between here and there is the understanding of spirit and how to sense it in everything. The next things I experienced is, and it wasn't like there was a, 
force or a power that guided this. It just seemed like things happened. And the next experience, and when I stopped learning, that's when I moved on to the next experience. And uh, that experience was a life review that I reviewed everything in my life over again. But now I looked at it with a different set of eyes because now I could sense spirit and I could feel what other people were feeling at the time. And I would go through my life experience and then my awareness would be raised. And then I would go through my life experience again and my awareness would be raised. And each time I went through my life experience, I learned more and more because the prior experience helped me understand things in a better, better, more sense life. I I could sense things. And one thing that I learned that was really, really life-changing was that some of the worst experiences I had in life, some of the most heartbreaking things that people could experience, that once I relived those and went through those, is that that brought me bliss. Because like I released all these blockages, like uh, I, I didn't have any animosity towards anyone. I didn't have any shame for myself. As I started to go through and live, uh, I didn't relive it. I was like a voyeur, not like I was a si- single set of eyes. It was like I was everywhere and I could sense everything. And so as I started to clear all these blockages, I started to feel this tremendous bliss you know, just imagine if you didn't have any worries, you didn't, you, you were actively engaged in your life, you didn't have any shame or animosity towards yourself or others. You know, a lot of people, when they say they have these near-death experiences, these spiritual transformative experiences, they say that they see pretty colors or perhaps they'll meet a, uh, their, their religious figure like Jesus, I'm a Christian. Um, I didn't feel any of that. I didn't see any pretty flowers The real beauty that I felt was this knowledge, this learning that truly, truly, once I released myself of these blockages, I felt I felt so much better. I really did. And I did that time and time again. It seemed closer to infinity than it was to one. That was for sure. But eventually I stopped learning. And uh, and then I went to the next place. little orange juice in the morning. It's it's morning in New York here. I actually mean Florida, but we're in the same time zone. And um, and so the next place I went to in is I was tested. I didn't know I was tested at the time, but I believe from what I know of my experience, I believe I was being tested on what I had learned. And uh, I believe that perhaps if I passed that test, I would have stayed in spirit and perhaps have been a guide to others. And... Um, and uh, but I failed it. And what the task was is that I had to teach these children, young adults, a task. And no matter what I did, no matter what I tried to explain to them, they they would say, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they would be so sincere. But when it came time to doing the task, they would all scatter and I wouldn't see them for a while. And then when I would see them again, it would be like nothing was wrong. And And I was really getting upset over it. I tried everything I knew how to motivate these these young adults is that I tried like red team, blue team. Come on, let's go. Winner gets nothing happened. They just wouldn't listen to me. And then when I was at my wits end, I just couldn't figure out what was going on. 
I went before the person who looked like it, they were in charge. And what I saw is once I stood inside their energy, the same spirit that we spoke about earlier, is that all of a sudden I realized a few things. Number one is I realized I was standing in front of myself, not Stevie Weber, the guy you see here, but perhaps my higher self. Perhaps part of you always stays in spirit and just part of you experiences a human incarnation to learn and to make the mistakes that you cannot make in spirit. And then when you return to spirit, all of your knowledge, all of your experience goes to your higher self. Your higher self is not just a reflection of you now, I believe. It's it's a reflection of all that you are. And, um, and that was the first recollection I recalled. And then the other thing is, once I stood in the energy of my higher self, all of a sudden, it was like a it's like an awakening. It was like Dorothy in The Wizard of Oz when she opens up the door and it goes from black and white to color. All of a sudden, I realized that I misinterpreted everything. It's not like I could tell what my higher self has experienced in order to have the level of understanding that my higher self had. But just standing in that energy, it, it was like a grace. It like made things clearer that it wasn't like I was receiving answers from my higher self, but I was raising my awareness in a way that I could look at what's going on in a different way. And I realized I wasn't here to teach these children a task. I was here to shepherd them into their first human incarnation, that perhaps our spirit, which, was, which I believe was created with the universe, wasn't created in its current form. That's the whole reason for life is to grow through many different incarnations, not just human incarnations, but any many different incarnations of animals and even plants that your spirit grows through all of these incarnations. And then one of those incarnations, a human incarnation, where you get to apply so many things you've learned. I believe in your spiritual growth, one of the, the major turning points is when you begin to care for your children. Many creatures don't do that. And I just, I just believe that was, that was part of it. And I was here to mentor these children into their first human incarnation. And all this time was spent teaching me spirit and teaching me all these lessons. But when it came to really apply it and understand it, all I saw was a bunch of dopey kids who wouldn't listen. I didn't recognize them as true spirits needing guidance. That was an important lesson that I learned. And once I learned that, I was able to provide that guidance to these young adults and enable them to have a human experience. When I say young adults, that's just my word for it. They were just spirits that had just yet to have a human incarnation. And then after that stopped, my next experience is I was sitting with some friends, some friends of mine from Kings Park. At that time, I lived in a town called Kings Park on Long Island. It was a town I was born in. I lived there all of my life. And I had a lot of friends. And uh, and uh, it's a small town, a working class neighborhood. And at the end of every day, we'd go to the seashore. It's a bluff, a high cliff that overlooks the Long Island Sound. And we'd watch sunset. And I sat with my two friends, Joe and John, every day. And I used the term day very loosely because it was just all about the sunset. The sunset wasn't marking time, but the sunset in and of itself was the experience. 
and I've watched the sunsets with my friends, Joey and John. Joey, um, he was a great guy. He was an Irish guy. He could he spoke with a brogue and he could tell a tale the way Irish folks can. He was just so witty. And I just loved talking to him. He was a lot of fun. And uh, he had he had broken his neck when he was a young child, uh, uh, you know, diving in the water right right where we were at the bluff. And uh, and he had all this surgery very early on. And so he kind of like walked like Frankenstein. He couldn't turn so much. And uh, and then my friend uh, Joey, he uh, he was a great guy. He had diabetes. He had a lot of circulation problems in his legs and such. And he was like the voice of God in church, you know, when he would say, and Jesus said, and the ground would shake. You know, he's right out of central casting. And he was another Irish guy. And he was just a lot of fun, too. I really enjoyed both of them. And uh, we'd watch Sunset every day. And I day. <laughs> and um, and then one day I realized that Joey and Johnny had both passed earlier that year. Um, Johnny died of an infection in his leg from his diabetes. And uh, Joey was hit by a car. And for the first time, like I started to feel like something wasn't right. I know so many things have happened to me up to this point. I should have been knowing that something wasn't right. And then, uh, and then what happened was, is, is I just wanted to ask them why they were here. And for some reason, I didn't want to ask them. And it just, it happened time and time again, sunset, and my anxiety kept on building. And then, so one day is I just had to ask them why they were here. It's not that I said it in words. It was that I just thought it and I would receive the answer. And, uh, and when I thought it, the answer I received is that they were here to make sure that I was okay. You see, I didn't understand that because I felt fine. I didn't recall any accident. I wasn't, I was just me. And it's kind of like echoed in my mind. And then as I was watching the sunset, it just got brighter and brighter and brighter. I had to shield my eyes until I couldn't, I couldn't bear it any longer. And then when I opened up my eyes, I was in a hospital. I was in a hospital room and my mother was holding my hand and telling me I had been in a horrible accident, but I was going to be okay. Mm. And she was here for me. And that was when I returned back. And, and in some ways, that was just the beginning of, uh, of my journey. Because after that, it took quite a long time to uh, not only recover, but also reflect upon what had happened. And uh, become to understand it because that for the longest time I didn't. But I would like to add one one very important note is that when I was recovering, like I had this drive to get better. I knew that if I just worked really hard, no matter what happened, I would succeed and I would get better and I'd be able to walk again because I couldn't walk. And um, and it was then I realized what Joey and Johnny had said, that they said they'd make sure that I was all right. It didn't mean there. They meant here. They meant here that they were my spirit guides. And, and you know, who better? My back was all busted up. And 
Joey, he had the very same thing. And Johnny, he, he lost his leg and he lost his life because of his diabetes in his leg. My leg was all crushed. I mean, how does that happen? I mean, really, how does that happen? It's not like they were telling me one more push-up, but they were giving me in the same way I stood in that grace of my higher self and it gave me clarity, is that that is the energy that I felt. And uh, that's what put me on my road to recovery. And, uh, and that's, uh, that's my experience. It's, uh, it's changed my life in such a positive way. And I couldn't imagine life without it. And I went from spiritual biker, which I loved. I mean, I'm not going to say I didn't love being a biker, but being to the spiritualist and just seeing life in a different way. You know, life is good and people are good, even when sad things happen. And that's really what the experience had shown me. Thank you so much for sharing. It is so fascinating to hear all these different near-death experiences. And it seemed like to me that they are tailored to each soul and each person. And what I also find interesting is what you said, that you didn't know that you were somewhere else. Like there were so many odd things happening, but you're not questioning questioning it. And for from my standpoint, where I've never experienced that, I'm thinking, how can that be, right? That you all of a sudden are in another realm and you're not asking why or what is going on? Why are you accepting it as reality? But then I'm thinking that we're doing that in our dreams, aren't we? Like. Every night when we go to sleep, we don't question that weird things are flying through the wall and that we're flying around. We just accept it. And that's how I can understand that you're not asking that. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board certified physicians who can prescribe FDA approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Question. And I also find it interesting what you're saying about the higher self. Because it seems like to me what I've heard is that a part of us, like you said, is on the other side and other parts of us or one part of us is here. Uh, I want to dive into that first. Higher self. Uh, I know this is a bit of a mental uh, question, uh, but still I'm curious. Would you say that that is a soul, that that is sort of an individualized energy that is part of everything because you, you said you were part of everything but at the same time you have your higher self so it seems like there is an individualization there that you is this higher soul 
could you speak to that a little bit? I could just put an exclamation point on everything that, that you said. You understood exactly what I wanted to share is that, uh, is that truly your higher self is a central part of you and who you are. And, uh, and you, you do grow and learn uh, from having a human experience. Um, and, uh, but my experience was because of me, Stevie Weber, Stevie Weber, the biker, Stevie Weber, the computer guy, Stevie Weber, zero on the spirituality scale, but somebody who was always thinking about these things, but never really shared it with other people, even before the accident. And I think I was ready to receive things in a certain way. But if you weren't a computer person, you to have that experience I had, that would be so strange to you, is that I believe that everybody learns the same information, but they learn it in a different way, in a way that they are ready to receive it. And that was the way I was ready to receive it. Perhaps if you were a nurse working in a hospital, you would have a different experience. Or let's say uh, if you lived in in uh, in Asia as opposed to Europe, as opposed to uh, United States, everyone has different experiences. I believe that the lessons, what you learn is we all learn certain universal truths, but we learn it in many different ways. In fact, you know, one path, many paths, one destination. I truly believe that. I don't believe that in a way of a certain ideology. I believe it in the way that it truly is. That 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 really, it, everyone has different ways of learning, and uh, and uh, that's why my experience was unique to me. And uh, and and you did mention about uh, not questioning what was going on, and uh, and I've thought a lot about that. And one of the things is very early on, it was almost like Disneyland. You know, it's like it, it, it's like you don't question because it is just so interesting. And you just, you know, when I was playing that game with with, with my friend trying to guess his spirit, it was just it was just so engaging. I don't know. And I think that I think that over time, once I started to receive bliss, you know, I was really, you know, when I was going through my life review. It's like I really didn't want to know at that point. Is I was just I was just like denying it you know it's just i was just enjoying and i was feeling this bliss and being a uh, glutton for bliss i really rolled with it now okay this other place that you were in or state uh did you at some point look down at your body uh did you feel physical like how would you perceive this world it seems like it was just as this world just more engaging and beautiful uh because i'm always curious like how does it feel to be on the other side like is it more uh, sort of um not so tangible but what i've heard is actually that is really tangible and that's what i have also experienced in my out of body experiences that this other realm that i'm in i don't know really what it is we call it the astral plane but what is the astral plane really uh but i felt it's just so real and so physical and i felt a certain body that could stretch in all directions. So I'm curious, how did you uh, experience yourself? So first off is that I didn't have control over what happened, what situation I was in, but I had free will within that situation. That was very one important thing. So it's not like, oh, it's time to go home. I went home, I slipped, I got up. You know, it was nothing like that. You know, I didn't eat. I didn't, you know, it, it wasn't anything like, like that. It was more like a play. 
It's like there was this scene going on and there was this interaction going on. And anything around me, I didn't notice it. If there was anything there, I wouldn't know because that everything, all the attention was around what was going on. So when I was with my friend in the beginning, is that that was the only thing I saw besides the computer in front of us, anything. But I didn't see anything else around it. It could have been there, but I just I just didn't notice it. And when I looked at myself, is that is that it's not like I ever looked in a mirror, but I don't know. I really mm, it's tough to say because I never really it just didn't matter. It was what was going on was the focus of attention. And uh, and so I didn't like I didn't imagine myself walking or anything or or traveling. It was just I was just there and I was in this situation and I had and I I had to deal with it. And uh, and, and that was my, my my experience. I could have had those things, but. Everything was about what was going on. I see. Uh, were you actually clinically dead? Uh, n- n- yes and no. Mm-hmm. Is that is that what had happened? Is when I was in the coma, there were several times where I was going down, like like it was obvious that I was dying. But I was just in the very best hospital on the planet, and it just brought me back time and time again. And every time that they thought it was going to be it, is. I, I, they, they, they made me, they, they put me back together again. And what I believe is that I believe that we go through a death process. And this is just from my experience. It's not a light switch where all of a sudden you're human, you're walking around and next thing you know, you're, 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 you're there. you're, You're in spirit. You've returned to your higher self is I believe it's a process you go through and I believe I was going through a process. First thing was people call it syncing with the Akashic record is that sharing you, you share your experience with all that is, and then you receive certain wisdom. And then you, you have these experiences, which, which help you to make this transition from your physical body into spirit. I went through my life review and then I was tested. And, uh, I think that there are these steps. In a, in a, in a, uh, I follow, I don't follow, but, but I, I practice a yoga called Kundalini and, uh, and that was a big part of my rehabilitation. And, uh, there, there are many teachings from, uh, from the Dharma of the far, far East. And one of those books is a Japchi Sahib. And, uh, and as part of that larger work and as part of the faith of the region, they, they speak of the five blue ethers, and those are actually phases that people go to return to spirit. And I remember the first time I heard a yogi speaking of that, my experience wasn't exactly about those five blue ethers, but it smelled the same. There were parts about it where you're tested, where you sync with the Akashic record, where you, you know, there were things that were just, mm, it was just so gosh darn interesting. It wasn't until later that I found out the person who wrote that book, the Japchi Sahib, this uh, yogi called Nanak, um, is, that, um, is that he had a near-death experience. He had actually drowned in a river and was rescued. And so I kind of, I became very interested in this because of that. And so, and so the long answer to your short question is, is no, I don't think my heart redlined, but, 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 it was clear that my body was dying. And I think that this transition from physical 
form to spiritual form is a natural process that everyone goes to. It just so happens that medicine saved me in a way that it hasn't been saved before. And I returned with so many of my cognitive skills is that I'm kind of like, I even have skills that I didn't have before because of my increased awareness. I see things, you know, with, with the exception of my struggles with, with physical things that are getting less, you know, it's, it's been several years, been like seven years now, but, but I'm really starting to feel great again, but, but, but it's just been a, a tremendous journey. Yeah. I can't imagine. Uh, okay. So you're saying that you, cultivated some spiritual gifts after this? Yes. yes. What are those gifts? Well, a couple of things is that I know our ultimate future as humans. I know oh. the far, far, far distant future. And I know the distant future. And I know the not so distant future. But I can't tell you what's going to happen tomorrow. But but I, I could tell you what our final destination is as as a people. And uh, many people will be outraged by, by what I'm going to share with, with, with you. And I understand it. But this is just my experience. And I don't expect you to believe it. I don't expect anyone. This is just what I feel from my experience. I believe that the creator and the creation are one, that we are the creator, all of us together. And I believe that we march towards this understanding and coming to that realization that we are indeed the creator. And we look around us and we see all the technology. We see our ability to gene edit and, and how far we've come as a species in the last 50 years with technology. Picture us a thousand years from now. We are going to be able to create life. We're going to be able to understand what, what the creation is. We're going to realize eventually that we are the creator. And I believe this is a, a scene that plays out eons. I mean, the length of time isn't measurable or understanding, but this whole creation, this whole everything we experience is this path of understanding spiritual growth until we come to the realization that we are the creator. And, uh, and that's what I believe. Wow. Um so how is this something that just appeared as a knowing when you awoken again or you saw it as a vision? It was it was a process because first when I began to feel energy and everything, I knew we were all connected. I mean, truly, is that is that like you said, there's a uniqueness about everybody, but there's a commonness. There's a same that connects us all. It's kind of like a lot of times I see these sacred geometries, and I often believe that 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 is really a representation of our spiritual connections, how each of us is has a different add to this mosaic, but it's all incorporated within this this expression. And, and that's what, what I believe is going on here is that is that we are learning and growing and we are all part of this. And it wasn't that someone told me this. Like I said, this is a universe according to Steve. But when I put all my experiences together and I come to this understanding and being a technology, and I think that's probably why these things were presented to me in this way, because this is the noble truth, which 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 the universe, God whatever you want to call, is that wanted me to understand. And that's the understanding I received. So, so, so you're right. I didn't, there wasn't a book that says, oh, the creator and creation are one and we're on this path. And no, but, but based upon my awareness and what I experienced 
and my physical incarnation and what I experience here and what I see here, that's, that's what I believe. So to circle back to the beginning when I mentioned a friend of mine that I just heard uh, died yesterday uh, or uh, the day before, I, I got to know it yesterday. Um, is there a deeper meaning with everything, everything that happens from your perspective, if you learn something about that, or are there accidents in the universe? Okay. I, I, maybe if, if I could speak to it a little bit this way is that are there coincidences or, or are things not coincidences in many ways. And I, and I believe that one of those perceptions that I have since having that experience is, is being able to see and understand signs and synchronicities. And these things are really, um, you know, once I began to open my eyes to it and I got rid of the wow factor, a lot of times when you see a sign, like, wow, wow, grandma's reaching out to me. But you miss the meaning. Why are you receiving the sign? Maybe when someone's recently passed, receive a sign to make you feel better and understand that there is something else, that this wasn't a one and done deal here, is that is that you are, everything is part of your experiences. But, um, but, but struggling with loss and grief is, is, is such a struggle to understand it, especially when somebody so young passes. And, um, and, uh, and I, I want to share a small story with, with, with you about this, is that, uh, that that'll help to bring it into light about coincidences and such, is that, is that when I was writing this book, The Place Between Here and There, I was walking along the beach with a friend of mine, uh, Kathy, actually the lady who I wrote the book with. She's a dear friend of mine, had been a dear friend for decades, and, uh, and we were writing the book together, and it was in the middle of the health crisis we've all been facing, and we we're walking along the beach, and she's a big saint person. She loves Saint Germain, the violet flame, and uh, she prays to Saint Germain all the time, and, and you know, I would leave the praying up to her for us. And, um, and uh, during this health crisis, she was praying for healing for the universe, and I often, you know, if it wasn't for her, things would have been a lot worse. And she uh, and um, and she'd pray to Saint Germain. And and while we're walking on the beach, she wanted to see a sign that Saint Germain had heard her. And so Saint Germain is the violet flame. That's uh, that's the way Saint Germain is represented. And so she wanted to find violet beach glass on the on the beach. You would find hen's teeth on Long Island before you'd find violet beach glass. And I knew she was going to be disappointed. And so we're walking back and she was kind of pouting that she didn't find Violet Beach glass. And she wonders if St. Germain heard her. And then out of a sand dune, this dog, this Dalmatian puppy, you know, white dog with black spots all over it, comes running out of nowhere and starts jumping all over us. And I love the dog. I was playing with it. And the owner comes running out from behind the sand dunes. She's saying, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And we're like, no, it's okay. We love puppies. And, and I did, you know, I really, I really enjoyed the puppy. And so I asked her, what's the dog's name? She said, Violet. And I was like shocked. It's like, how does a Dalmatian puppy be called Violet? It's like, there's no way. And, and I, you know, we, we, we exchanged pleasantries and then we walked away. 
And uh, Kathy didn't get it. I was saying, Kathy, the dog's name is Violet. How does that happen? You were looking for Violet Beach Glass and we got a Dalmatian named Violet. This is, this is not a coincidence. This is a sign. We have to find out what this sign was. And, um, and about a week later, you know, we, we walk the beach every day. We're just a couple of blocks from it. And it's not uncommon for people to do the same. And we bumped into this lady again. And, uh, and of course, we rushed up to her. And, uh, and we asked her about the dog. We told her about the beach glass. And she was all thrilled about it. And, um, and, so, she, um, and so I asked her, how come the dog's name is Violet? And she said, her and her son's favorite movie was Gone with the Wind. And Scarlett O'Hara, in one scene, she wears this big, beautiful violet dress that I think Brett Butler gave her. And, uh, and that was their favorite movie. They would watch it together. So, so they named the dog Violet and spelled it the way Scarlett spells her name, not the way the color is. And that's why the dog's name is Violet. And then she shared with me that she lost her son just a few months before she got the dog. And that's why she named the dog Violet. You know, I lost my son. I lost my son to a drug overdose about the same time as she lost her son. And I was still healing from that. And all of a sudden, hmm, we became very good friends. And we began to share our experiences and we began to heal together. And how does that happen? I mean, really, when you sit and think about spirit and, and, and that was, I believe, I believe that was our sons reaching out to us. Maybe even St. Germain too, but I believe that was our sons reaching out to us because they were feeling our pain and they knew that we can help each other to get through this time together. And it was just by naming this silly, happy dog, Violet. Is that a coincidence? I don't think so. So sorry for your loss. Thank you. Thank you. It's, it's, it's a loss that many families experience. But one thing is I learned, it's not unique to me. We all suffer losses. You suffer the loss of your friend. You know, many people have lost their parents and siblings. And, and I've come to terms with, with that. And it took a while. But truly... Truly, there is something else. And that's what that place taught me. It's a beautiful place. Of, and it's not a one and done. You know, you know, experience life to all that it has to offer. Laugh and cry. You know, some people go om on a mountain all day. And that may be wonderful for their life experiences. But I believe most people, they go out and experience life. If it wasn't for those experiences that I had in life, I would have nothing for my life review. You know, yeah. invest in spirit, invest in experiences, not the material things. That would be my advice. Beautiful advice. And I'm thinking, look at these meetings as holy meetings, because we might tend or I, I can speak to myself to just look at them as, um, I don't know, random meetings or not really, really random, but more like I don't see the holiness in it. And when you start to see holiness in every new encounter and meeting and living from this perspective that there's a deeper meaning why I'm meeting this person, I think life becomes so much more magical and rich 
and not thinking that it is a coincidence. Uh, I mean, the way I met my boyfriend is just so many synchronicities, so many synchronicities. Like we bumped into each other all the time on the street. Um, it's just amazing how the universe wanted us to be together. Uh, and I just love looking at it. I, I just have to like that. I just have to, you know, train myself to do it because I find it so easy to be sucked into uh, this hamster wheel and that uh, everything is a coincidence and uh, life is all about just making ends meet and the clock oh, all the time to do this and do that, you know? Uh, and I think that's why I'm doing these interviews also is because I need to learn this myself. And whenever I'm doing these interviews, I'm reminded of it. I'm so present and I find that I'm so much more aligned with spirit. And then the, the challenge is to take this over to my everyday life as well. Uh, although meditation helps me a lot in that sense. But thank you so much for sharing today. And I have three questions that I ask all my guests. And the first one is, what is self-love to you? Um, Self-love is to realize that you're not a perfect person, that, 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 that in, in not being a perfect person, you are a per perfect person because you learn and grow through your experiences. And so, and so when, when, when you look back at your past experiences and that you've learned from them, not to feel shame or regret from them, but through understanding. And through the, is that's understanding, that's self-love, because a lot of times people cannot love themselves because they feel that they've done all these terrible things in their lives. They've hurt people. They think of old boyfriends or girlfriends or, or just things they wish they could take back and they have regret. And it really takes away from that. But truly understanding those experiences and why they happened and engaging your own life review in the here and now, to me, that's self-love. I love that. Engaging in your life review here and now. That's a great tip. If I can't look back six months ago and think what a jerk I was, I'm not happy because it means I've grown nothing. That makes sense. And what is happiness to you? Well, happiness to me right now is exactly where I am. I live in paradise and I know it's not real. We call it the bubble, but I'm around good friends, lots of people. We help each other. I mean, I lost my wallet a few days ago and I looked all over it. I couldn't find it. I lost it in the store and I came home and it was on the table out front of my house. My wallet beat me home with all my money in it, all my ID in it. And, and that's where I live. I live in a place where we all share love and light together. Everybody has their own message, their own meaning in life. And somehow we found a way to be here together, all of us, and, uh, and to be part of this community, this loving community. You know, it's that to me is happiness. And, uh, and, and I would just like to put one other thing is having, having a lady in my life, someone, someone happily ever after with, and that's, uh, that's, that is happiness as well. So, so all those, those things, but really what it comes down to, it comes down to real human connections. It really does. It's about creating those connections with other people. I often see studies <laughs> about people being lonely and being so unhappy. You know, you, you could be surrounded by all this wealth and not be happy. Why? Because it's because of the human connections. You, you know, having wealth is good, <laughs> you know, but, 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 it doesn't make you happy. It's these human connections. And that's what it means to me. And what is the deeper meaning of life from your perspective? Yeah, I think, I, I think we, we shared it is that, uh, 
is that it's to learn and grow, is to get as many experiences as you can, to learn from them, and you make good use of those experiences in the here and now. But when you're in that other place, you have ability to look at things and experience things in a different way than here, and you'll get even more out of your experiences. And so that's, that's, that's what I believe. Beautiful. Now, where can people find you if they want to connect? Yeah. So, so I, um, uh, uh, on YouTube, if you just, uh, you know, Stephen Weber, S-T-P-H-E-N Weber, um, my YouTube videos will come up. I have a, um, a Facebook and the social media. I believe you'll put those in the comments as well. And my book is online um, uh, on Amazon. And, uh, and if you just query that, you'll, you'll get the book. I have it in audio book. I have it in Spanish. I have the Kindle version as well. And um, But if you'd like to reach out to me, uh, my email address is steve, S-T-E-V-E, at betweenhereandthere.org. And, uh, and those are the best ways. And, uh, and, but I, I do, I have to tell you, I teach this yoga class and a meditation class is just I just really such a big part of my life right right now I get like a hundred people show up each time I just I'm so amazed and they don't know I'm a, like a dirtbag biker they look at me with these <laughs> eyes and uh, we just have so much so much fun people cry I have this I do this thing with the meditation and the yoga it's a very spiritual experience people feel cleansed after they um, after they uh, experience it. And uh, it's great. I don't charge anything. I get the venue for, for nothing. So I don't charge anything. It's all about the experience. But, uh, but in general, the best way, way to get me, either reach out or email, check on YouTube or Facebook, either by, uh, by using my name or the place between here and there. Wonderful. Thank you so much for coming to the show today and all the best with your wonderful work. Thank you. And I just want, want to leave everyone with this uh, one last thought. There's one thing I learned from my experience is life is good and people are good, even when very sad things happen. And you have to keep in mind that these are just Stevie's words. But if you can really understand and, and live a life that you can understand that and make it your own, you will find peace in this world or any other world that comes afterwards. And that's what I'd like to share. Thank you so much. Satnam. Thank you. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bolin Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bolin Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bolinbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. If you want to become more who you are and live in alignment with your soul's purpose and explore a deeper meaning with your life, then you are most welcome to join Wisdom from North membership. If you want to go deeper, you can find all our English online courses and programs at wisdomfromnorth.com. You can also find us on Instagram and Facebook and YouTube just by searching for Wisdom from North. Until the next episode, much light from here.